Welcome to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. My name is Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. And today we'll be discussing season one, episode 11 of Corey in the house, Mall of Confusion. And with us, as always, to discuss this episode is one Ren Fontes. Ren, how's it going? It's going well, Bryce. How are you today? I am not bad. I am so ready to talk about Corey. Uh, this, as I mentioned last week, this episode is one that I remembered from uh, my childhood. And uh, now having seen it, now that I'm older, I don't quite know why I remembered it. Actually, I do know exactly why I remembered it. Um, and I, I'm ready to to discuss that. So I'm excited. And then uh, I'm also excited, Ren, because we have a, a third person on our podcast today. We have a, a guest, uh, one Jill Tolan. Jill, how's it going? Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I've been steeping in Corey alone um, by listening to your podcast for the past, maybe it's been like months now. Uh, I'm so excited to wow. talk to somebody about it. Jill is, is one of the 12 listeners, uh, one yep. of, our, <laughs> of our consistent. Our weekly dozen. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're excited to have you, Jill. Um, and so this episode will flow pretty much just like uh, the others. We gave you the homework assignment of looking mm-hmm. up some info on uh, one of the the guest stars. So I'm excited to hear about that. And then uh, Ren and I have also put together a quiz. Uh, Ren, we didn't discuss when we're going to do the quiz. Do you I have think any we should uh, open, preference? We should open with the quiz while Jill's brain is fresh before the Corey okay. gets uh, Yeah. Before- <laughs> 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 yes. Um, or before Jill gets like cheese brain or anything like that, right? So I propose you and I trade off questions. Well, okay. I'll, keep, I'll keep a score count of uh, mm-hmm. Jill's oh score. And then at the mm-hmm. end, we'll evaluate. Right. And so um, Ren's questions are multiple choice. Yes. Mine are, are not, but they have a theme to them. So I okay. really like the idea of alternating uh, between the two questions. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Jill, you ready for the Corey in the house podcast guest quiz i mean i feel like i've never been more ready for anything else all right all right ren let's launch into question one jill which of the following characters has missed the most episodes as of episode 11 a sophie martinez b president martinez c chef victor or d newt livingston okay it has to be the president because there are some episodes where he's not there at all, and we have Sophie in a B plot, and we know Newt is never going to leave us. Well, hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> You're right. So it's the gonna... president. Ching. He's missing in that... one more episode than Sophie is. That is so shocking to me. I mean, it makes sense as we've been watching that he's been absent, but it just, uh, you know, he's the president. You'd expect him to be more present. Uh, so, yeah, Jill, my questions more the. <laughs> You'd be more more present president. Um, so my questions are all uh, numbers based. So Jill, once upon a time, you and I watched uh, Back to the Future, and I would quiz you. I would quiz you throughout based on the numbers of that movie. You know, eighty-eight miles per hour, one point twenty-one gigawatts. So uh, I know that you are very good with remembering numbers. (laughs) 
And so uh, the answers to all of my questions are all, are all numbers related. Great. Um, I can, do you want to start with the, I have one softball question. Do you want to start yeah, with that one? Let's start with that because this is actually, I'm, I'm like fairly nervous about this. So let's go. Okay. All right. So the, the softball question is how many episodes of Corey in the house are there? 34. Nailed it. Is that correct? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's okay. it. Wow. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I we, hate that I know that. <laughs> I know. Well, we've, we've mentioned it a decent you amount. You do mention yeah, it. Yeah, so. we bring it up a, a few times. That's I, why the why last I episode, one of the episodes I listened to today, you guys talked about writing a plot for the 35th episode. And so I have oh, a yeah. number and subtracted by one. Um, yep. Genius. Yep. <laughs> okay, Ren, you ready for question two? <clears throat> or three, I guess. Question three. How many episodes lack a production order code? A, three, B, four, C, five, or D, six? Okay, I'm gonna go with four, but it might, uh, I, I don't, not super confident about this one, but I'm gonna go with four just so that it sounded like a friendly number. Sorry, Jill, it was five. Five, darn mm. it. Episodes three through seven, lack of production order code. Is that, uh, I know this is like sort of straying off from the quiz, but is that normal mm-hmm. like to happen, to not have I- a production code? I don't think, I feel like that's not normal. It feels no, like not Especially normal. not at the beginning of a series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, because it's almost like they built these episodes and then like they filmed them and then they didn't care uh, what order they actually yeah. aired in or what episode, right. what order they ended up in. Because if, um, so if we go by like the production order that we do see, we can kind of piece together a real continuity. Yes. Yep. And then but they just, just put off the aired. episodes in a jar and they just shook them around. Shook them up. Now- exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So my question, question number four, uh, again, the answer is going to be a number. It is, okay. uh, and this is uh, confusing, so I can definitely clarify, but uh, canonically, how many songs have the DC3 written up to this point in the series? Um, so this is... Uh, Ren and I discussed that at one point that the number had changed. Yeah, there was a but it's like so. Yeah, what what the highest number is, the most okay, that well, they've written. So I know that there the one episode they talked about three, and then another episode they talked about ten, but it was messed around because of the production code. So do you want the latest number or the h- highest number? Uh, the the highest one would be the latest. Okay, well I guess that is true. So ten. <laughs> Uh, so it was actually it was three, Jill. Um, Ooh, so I really they, gave they them had, a lot of credit. <laughs> you did. No, the the DC three when they auditioned at the library uh, had yeah. three songs, and then last week when we saw them, um, to to Ren's point about the episodes kind of being out of order, they had mentioned only having uh, two songs, and they so. were writing the song they performed. Oh, yes. I okay. So yeah. I got confused because in that line, Newt says like this song is one of our top ten. But they oh don't, yes, don't oh. have ten songs. Mm-hmm. That's part. No, of the they don't difference. have ten. Okay. Yes. Yep. Gotcha. All got, right. Got a few. Jill, are you ready for question five? Is this question five? Let's yep. do it. All right. What is the name of Bahavia's official dessert? A. The Kanishka. <laughs> B. The Nanishka. C. The Kakishka. Or D. The Nakishka. Can you say B and D again? Sorry. B, the Nanishka, D, the Nakishka. 
I think it's the Nishka B. You went with B? Yeah, B like birds. I'm sorry, Jill. It was D the Nakishka. Oh, <laughs> this no. is cool. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Sorry, that's so strong. Ugh, I was gonna go with Nakishka, but then I was like, well, quiche is like a thing, so maybe they <laughs> wouldn't have wanted to include that. But no, it's Nakishka. Darn it. Oh. All right, this one actually, Jill. I think that you you should get this. And um, so in in this episode of Corey in the House, Mall of Confusion, the episode that uh-huh. we watched to discuss today. Gotcha. How many years had it been since Bert Ponsky? And to those listening, we will definitely talk more about who Bert Ponsky <laughs> is uh, in the in the coming hour. Uh, how many years had it been since Bert Ponsky shaved his mustache? Nineteen. Nice. Is that right? Nailed it. Yep. You not shaved it in 19 years. Wow. Good job, Jill. Mm-hmm. You are you're three for six. So 50% right now. Question seven. Oh what God. did <laughs> what did Bryce and I speculate the That's So Raven spin-off <laughs> would have been called? A That's So Raven 2. B That's Two Raven. C Raven's House. Or D Raven in the House. Oh my god, I don't remember this at all. Um, can you repeat B again? B was that's too Raven. Okay, I think that's the funniest one. Um, so I'm gonna give you guys the benefit of the doubt and pick that one, even though I'm sort of remembering something about Raven too. But Jill, I'm going that's so Raven too. Darn it. <laughs> kind of a trick question Ren because that like feels like yeah, the most uh, that, the most straightforward answer deep podcast but I do remember you guys yeah. talking about that but then I was like maybe that was an actual proposed name and then you guys came up with another one that's all right I'm letting the people down but that's okay <laughs> all right so we're on question eight Jill uh in, you also in just, just tell me how many questions there are there's 10 oh we never okay. told you the number there's 10 no. Okay. Uh, imagine if it was just a hundred questions. We just grilled you for the next <laughs> next hour. Um, no. So, um, question eight. So again, the answer will be a number in okay. just desserts. How many Bahavian desserts? Uh, so Nakishka's. Mm-hmm. Did Samantha Samuels order for the overly stressed? Is it thirty six? Yes, it is thirty six. Oh. She, she ordered three dozen. Three dozen. Yep. Yep. So Shout that is correct. For calling it three dozen. That's how I remembered that. All right, Jill. Question oh nine. Uh-huh. What are Corey's two least favorite things? <clears throat> A, censorship <laughs> in new media and the suppression of free speech in a mid-2000s America. B, the Bush administration's approach to the Middle East and Cheney's puppet presidency. C, the disillusion of the middle class in the United States and the perpetual rise of the 1%. Or D, Helping others in that song. Wow, this is a tough one. Um, I think the show deals with all of these topics, but I'm going to go with D for Corey. Jill, you got it. He really hates helping others, Ren. He really does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if he's helping others and he might get money out of it, now that's something that he, he'd probably be all for. But um, all right, final question, Jill. You ready? What, yep. what are you at? Are you... Is it four four out of five out of nine? Five out of nine. 
Five out of nine. So, Jill, okay. this is this, this is, is big. Either brain. way, you're at fifty percent. So, this is gonna put you over the top for um for it. And I th- I I think you'll do okay. Um, in last week's episode, beat the press. What number news channel does Michelle Wallace represent? Ten. Because it's intense, right? Or whatever. Yes, that is correct. It is intense news. Jill, wow. you uh, you got a six out of ten on the. The Corey in the house. Not, Not bad. bad. You have I the can't believe I got the, I can't believe I got the number ones more correct than the multiple choice ones. All right. So now we're going to uh, to kind of transition over to our our regularly programmed uh, content, and we are going to discuss uh, this episode. Uh, so again, we're discussing season one, episode eleven, Mall of Confusion, and uh, what an episode. It was. Uh, Ren, what did, what did you think about this episode to start? I, you know, it, it's an ambitious episode. It's always inspiring when Corey in the house wants to tackle themes of race. Yeah. Um, so, and as I, I had alluded to it at one point, um, but this is the the episode that I we had heard about in one of the reviews previously that you had read. Yes. Um, in which Sophie... Um, tries to claim that she is Bahavian. The whole B-plot is uh, pretty much just a story about cultural appropriation, except I don't feel like it is handled uh, appropriately in any sense. No. Uh, I am very excited to to discuss that. And then our A-plot is kind of a uh, princess, uh, not princess in the P, uh, what is it? Uh, Popper? Prince yeah. in the Popper, Popper. yeah. Uh, so two people swapping story uh and so that's that's what our a plot is jill what did you think of mall of confusion um so bryce i also remember like a little bit about watching this episode Mm -hmm. um the the right off the bat what i noticed was like oh my god these characters are so much older than i was imagining them in my head (laughs) because i haven't watched this like i've been listening Mm -hmm about it but I'm picturing a much younger cast of characters and then Corey spoke and I was like and I saw him and I was like oh wow this actually just (laughs) I I don't know I felt like I was that not that you guys were being too hard on these characters but I was like dang they're like they've got to be in middle school they're not like they're they're in Mm -hmm. in this and that was shocking to find out based on everything that we I know about Corey and his friends so far um (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I it, don't know. It, it very much so is uh, is jarring to kind of think about the fact that Corey pulls off the schemes he does at the age that he is, um, yes. and, and that he is as much of a schemer as he is. Uh, so this episode starts, uh, and our opening scene is Corey in his living room at the White House. Uh, he is pacing on the phone, and we know that he's calling a store, and Newt is following him around, kind of like repeating what he's saying. So Corey's like walking through the steps. He's like, it's ringing, and Newt, Newt responds, it's ringing. So he's just like echoing him. Uh, and then uh, Corey uh, explains that he's calling the store to see if they have Rap Ninjas 2. Uh, Jill, what kind of a game is Rap Ninjas 2, do you think? Um, I'm imagining it's sort of like a DDR experience or like an early guitar hero scenario where you have <laughs> like a you have like some sort of input, like a maybe a a, a disc jockey table that you plug in um, <laughs> and you have to create 
raps against grandmothers. That's and- realistically the only way I can imagine a game called Rap Ninjas 2 being <laughs> the hottest video game out right now. Mm-hmm. And let's let's be real, it's a sequel. It so there a was game. a first Rap Ninjas and it caused enough hype for people to uh, go go absolutely wild over the second one. Uh, uh, Do we think it came with an amiibo? I believe that it, it probably did Pre-day. come with an amiibo. <laughs> uh, for sure, of... Uh, said rap ninja so they're talking about that and then sophie comes in to newt and Corey, uh because they've been working on a new dance called the patushka who's they bryce oh they is sophie and mina so they've been working together on this Corey's like oh that's cool but i you know i'm busy um and mina uh, sophie then says well uh let's let's be clear here um, we're gonna dance and you're gonna watch. Um, and they they don't dance and no one watches <laughs> anything. Uh, and this is just the start of Sophie in this episode, isn't it, Ren? She it like really is. She kind of gets uh, under my skin in this episode. This was the most I've disliked her since the very beginning. I was getting legitimately infuriated with her scenes. And yep, Mina and... did not go off hard enough on her, but we'll get to that. <laughs> At least she goes off a tiny bit. Um, and yeah, not really... Not enough. Not enough for the Yeah, not so much even... Sophie does. Yeah, it's not even so much goes off, but just more like straight talk that, that Mina uses. And um, I question whether or not Sophie took a single thing away from uh, this episode. Clearly Whether not. she learned anything or not. The, the, end, the last scene with her tells us she didn't. Yeah. And um, so Mina is also proud that Sophie pronounced the uh, the name of the dance, the Petushka, correctly and says, oh, you're like the sister I never had. And that is the seed that is planted in Sophie's mind that grows into an absolute horror show. Uh, so while that happens, um, Corey and Newt get excited because the Corey says they picked up. And uh, they get excited. Corey drops the phone. They both bend down to get it. They hit heads. I'm pretty sure there's like a coconut sound effect. And, uh, you know, that that's the uh, opening. Good joke. That's it. Uh, no. <laughs> I also just wanted to put in, I think that this outfit that Newt is wearing was in a poster in my library that was supposed to encourage <laughs> kids to read. Um, and I am just so curious why Newt was the character chosen for this poster. Um, is but it the I, actor I, as well? Or, or just... Uh... Well, it's him as Newt on the poster. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And he's in this outfit and it's like, hey, you should read. I forget, obviously, what the slogan is. What but, the hell? But they chose so... this episode too. <laughs> what? So, Jill, you're telling me that there's a series of posters educational posters featuring newt livingston <laughs> yeah i remember them from my library my public library we gotta newt. find these listen we gotta get I'll, these. I'll try to do some i'll try to do some research but I, that was the also i like i saw the cold open i said wow Corey is so much older newt is like so earnest and good but like oh my god that's the outfit from the reading poster wow inspiring kids to read Mm-hmm. one uh one book at a time we love Newt. <laughs> uh all right and then uh so that that is our cold open and then we hit the credits uh, so jill uh we asked you to do some homework 
uh, about yes. uh, I gave you options for the different guest stars in this episode. Who who did you decide to to look up? Um, I picked Kate Mitsushi. Do we know how to say her last name? That part I didn't look up. I, I I'm not sure. Who does she play? She plays the um the cheese lady. Um, oh, Becky. Wh- what is her name? Becky. Yes. Becky. Um, and I chose her because I recognized her and I was shocked that there was someone in Corey in the house that I recognized from other things. We all got to start mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, did you guys recognize her? I do recognize her. I recognize her from Scrubs. I also recognize her. From oh. Scrubs. Yeah, so she played uh, Gooch in Scrubs and a couple of other uh, characters. You also might know her from Garfunkel and Oates, which is like a parody music group that she has. She's mm-hmm. also in a lot of Scooby-Doo stuff. Really? A lot more Scooby-Doo stuff than you'd think. Uh, uh, like Velma? No. Is it, just, is, no. Just like, she's in Scooby-Doo, the sword and the, and the... Oh yeah, actually, yeah. She's Velma in, this, in the sword and the scoob, which is 2021, so it hasn't come out yet. Um, we have that to look forward to. Yeah, but she's also Velma in in the Scooby Doo, Guess Who series, and then like a ton of other. She must be Velma in a ton of other Scooby stuff too. She's mm-hmm. also in a, a Spy Kids TV series. Um, she plays Teresa. Oh. Teresa. Um, she's in Steven Universe. She's in Ducktales, like the new the reboot mm-hmm. of Ducktales. This is all voice acting, right? So it yeah. seems like she found. Yeah, found the yeah, easy money. a lot money. of voice acting stuff. Um, but then also she was on Scrubs. She was on Bryce Still Like This. She was on The Big Bang. Um, oh, Big yeah. Bang. Yeah. Bazinga. Bazinga. We don't have that copy. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> dang. Um, yeah, she was in like her IMDb is like, I would say a lot longer than the other um, guest stars that I'm mm-hmm. hearing about. Um yeah. It, yeah. I mean, she did strike me in this episode. Like, Ren and I talked last week about how all the, the guest stars seem to be very, like, cartoony. And in, in yeah, this episode, so, Becky... Yeah. yeah, in this episode, Becky is the... Uh, we refer to her as the cheese lady. She runs a, a shop at the mall um, called Cheese in a Cup. And so she her story gets intertwined through all of this. Uh, very much so, like, a live-action cartoon character. And I, oh, yeah. I cannot... Yeah, I just can't. But I think that's her. what she plays in other stuff too, sort yeah, of. Like, and <laughs> she's got the big eyes. Like, I don't know. Um, I also just wanted to give a little back, like a little backstory information on her. She yeah. also um, plays classical piano, and she majored in art and focused on puppet making. Um, <laughs> and after that, she did a small stint watering banana and pineapple plants in Hawaii uh, until she decided to get. <laughs> another degree in puppet making <laughs> huh i have a lot of questions about the yeah. uh the small small stint in where was it in hawaii in hawaii watering uh mm-hmm. banana and pineapple plants yeah that, i feel like that's that's just a, a job yep <laughs> yeah uh this is also not the only episode we will see her in um she's back in no no nanooch um and I'm not sure what episode number that is. As as do we know if it's as Becky? It uh it is as Becky. Interesting. Yeah. But I won't give any other spoilers with that. Yeah, I have so many questions <laughs> about why we're gonna see her again. 
Uh, um, I also I mean, found some tweets about her. Uh, in, read them off, Jill. Uh, so, well, <laughs> when I say tweets, I mean one tweet, and she did respond to this person's tweet. Uh, mm-hmm. At a gentle canter tweeted on September 4th, 2012. Hey, I remember you on Corey in the house. You were the cheese girl, girl, right? And then the, the smiley face that's made with the D and, and then the mm-hmm. four exclamation points. And Kate responded and said, yep, cheese in a cup. And it got six hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was You're nice. so welcome. Yeah, I'm glad to know that she is uh, very proud of her work here. Yes, something and actually. Sorry, somebody else responded to it and asked if she could play at her at their wedding. What did she say? Oh, like music? Uh, they did not respond to that tweet. <laughs> well, let's make uh, it happen. Let's pull hmm. some podcast podcast strings. Make mm-hmm. dreams come true. Yeah, and be like, yeah, we're the podcast that got got cheese in a cup at someone's wedding. At your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also, I know you guys had mentioned at one point that you weren't sure if there is a Cory wiki. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find a Cory wiki. Beautiful. It is called Cory yeah. wiki. Um, and she's on here, but there's no page for her. Um, so I might upload my notes about her um, mm-hmm. to that wiki. Is it, um, did you explore the wiki at all? Because I, I just, when we've talked about it, but like, I worry that it's more the anime side of things. Like, oh, yes, um, this. yeah, I, I did not. I just went to the cast list, which I mm-hmm. thought could be helpful for when you guys go through and do the tiered thing because it has all the yeah. guest lists and who they played. But I did not explore this wiki. Hmm. There are 47 pages on it. 47? Yeah. That's mm, not a very well maintained wiki. <laughs> Um, um something yeah. something that I want to note about her is I feel like um at least in this and I don't know why I think this but I feel like um before she goes on she like touches um I feel like she gets like some kind of little jolt of electricity put into her <laughs> and then she goes out like and then she goes out and she does her scene um cuz it's just something about her feels like she just has like like energy stored in her and she's like this is the only way for her to get it out so is she jolting um, herself or are there jolts being done to her? So there's this there's this game I played when I was younger where um, oh, there'd be like lights and uh, everyone would hold on to a handle and then uh, last person, there'd be four handles and last person to press the handle will get like a little shock. Um, it's like a real game. You can look it up. I forget what it's called. Chris, um, where did you play this game? What the heck? At, at like my neighbor's house. It was, a, it's a real, like has, I don't know if Hasbro made it, but like one of those companies made it. It's a, it's a real thing. You can actually still buy it now. I talked about it in my child psych class once. Um, that's, that's good. But yeah, so it's, it's been processed. Don't worry. I've, I've gone through the, okay. the beats with that game. Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking that she had maybe one of those off to the side and uh, I expect that she, would play around before every scene and she always lost. And Do you think she had three out. other people play with her to make it fair or until and then she wouldn't go on until she had had gotten back <laughs> in that game? Until or she, she lost. Hold all the handles? Uh, she probably held all the handles. Okay. Yeah, that, that feels more, more sincere with who she is as far as I understand. Um, wow. Well, Jill, thank you for, for telling us a, a little bit about her. Yeah, oh, my pleasure. We appreciate it. Um, 
And so that that is our guest star. We will talk more about Becky uh, in, in but a moment. And uh, we come back from the credits and Corey is on his computer in the kitchen because uh, my thought on that was because when your living environment consists of two rooms, um, the kitchen is also a computer room. Um, and that's speaking from someone who does live in an apartment with just, just a couple of rooms and some of the rooms have multi-purposes. So in, in this case, uh, Corey is, is doing his homework in the kitchen, his dad's place of work. And um, President Martinez is strolling through to talk about uh, getting an anniversary gift. Uh, Ren, what did you think of his, his initial idea of a tennis bracelet? I mean... It's thoughtful, but Victor has an unusually large wrist, so it's not going to play. Has, do we think Victor has measured his wrist and then searched up the average wrist size to be able to state that as proudly as he did and as confidently as he did? I'm glad you asked, because this is actually linked to a theory I have about why uh, <laughs> Raven's mother leaves the family. Oh, no. For their anniversary, the year before she goes to college in uh, mm-hmm. England... She obviously bought Victor a diamond bracelet. It didn't fit. As soon as he put it on, or well, he tried to fit it over his unusually large wrist, which he knows is unusually large. Mm -hmm. But in forcing it, it broke, and all the diamonds shattered, and she couldn't return it. So out of money and out of love, she leaves the country. (laughs) All because of these unusually large wrists. Yeah. I mean, I could picture Victor being stressed about that, her being like, why did you break it? And him being like, you gave it to me and you know I have unusually large wrists. Um, yeah, all of that plays out perfectly in my head, Ren. Um, I just thought, I, I'm glad that you pointed out that he said that. I thought it was so strange. Um, so in this scene, just again, to kind of lay out the format of it, the president comes in, he's talking, he says, oh, I'm thinking about anniversary gifts. What do you think about a tennis bracelet? He says this to, to Victor and Corey. Um, Victor takes it as if um, the president's talking to him uh, about their anniversary. So that's why Victor says, well, I have unusually large wrists. And if you find one in my size, then I take... Um, and that's when Corey kind of is like, Victor or dad, no, 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 no. no. Like he's talking about the first lady. Um, but I think, uh, the tennis bracelet is a better idea than what Corey suggests, uh, cause Corey's idea of a perfect anniversary gift would be for the president to get rap ninjas too. And he does, uh, a little weird dance as well. It's his rap ninjas dance. I didn't like it. I, I can't really even describe it. He like squishes his face and he, it's like, he's like disc jockeying, but, uh, not at the same time. <sighs> he's sick. He's sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Corey, you know, he always has his underlying motive. So he mentions, well, if you happen to get another copy of Rap Ninjas 2, I wouldn't say no. And President Martinez says that he doesn't have that kind of hookup. And that's when in walks, we've heard about her. Rand, I didn't think we would ever see her on our screen, but sure I enough. shocked. I still don't believe we actually saw her after all this time. The first lady of the United States is here. President Martinez, uh, his wife, walks into the kitchen because that's, again, that's where they have all their meetings, right? Um, yeah, what a one note. Go into, into the Baxter, <laughs> she went to the Baxter home to, just in their kitchen for- Right, through yep. the door into mm-hmm. the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they have no respect for- the Baxter's personal space or boundaries at all. President has no one else to talk to 
about what I would definitely consider a personal uh, problem. Instead, he defaults to, let's go talk to the chef and his son about what gift I should get to my first lady. And Bryce, he's so annoyed with Victor for even thinking he could have been talking about him, <laughs> about the tennis bracelet, but he yeah. really has some level of friendship with him by asking this question. But he was so <laughs> disgusted that, he, that Victor would even mm-hmm. think that this gift could be for him, who does so I much. I know. He's, yeah, he, President Martinez is just an absolute trip. And uh, the First Lady is uh, just yet another uh, oddball in the family. She comes down uh, and they greet each other. Uh, she calls him uh, my lamb chop and President Martinez says uh, my little pot roast. They then kind of kiss slash like rub noses together as they say yum, yum, yum. Yeah. And the context behind that is that they met in the meat department at a grocery store. Gross. Just Was this gross. appropriate behavior in the Baxter kitchen? No. So, Red, ha- have you never been, co- like, minding your own business at your house when uh, maybe two people who live in the same vicinity walk into your house, go into your kitchen... Uh, ask, and they're your they're so, your boss also. <laughs> yes, and they're also your boss, and they tell you uh, they're asking you about what they should get as an anniversary gift, and then their significant other comes in and they go yum 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 to each other. Disgusting. Is gross behavior. Um. And she leaves. I think she leaves with Victor to like go discuss a menu or something. I don't know. She's gone though, and um. Corey suggests other ideas. He says flowers, maybe candy, perfume, and uh, perfume, that's the one. That's what what we're going to do. The president says that he could get her the perfume she wore in the meat department the day that they met. (sighs) And the president wishes uh, that he could go out to get the perfume like a regular person. Did the president forget that Secret Service exists? Correct. Or is, like he also forgot. That's that what he gets me about this. A regular man. He wasn't always president. No, and he he doesn't need to go out like a regular person to smell perfume. This is all unnecessary. He can easily grab, like you said, his his Secret Service, go to the mall, smell some perfume, and then go back. Like it's not like he's chained to the White House. Could have but, made it a, uh, press, a press opportunity for the perfume stand. Mm-hmm. That sounds smart, businesses. Jill. Unfortunately, that is not what happens. No. Uh, instead, he's talking to Corey. Corey wants to scheme. He has a plan. And that plan is uh, about to unfold before our very eyes. Um, and we go to the mall. A new set. Uh, Jill, what kind of mall is this? Did you think that this was a, a very fun mall? Did I think that this was a fun mall? This mall looks like like what a teenager in the early 2000s would hope a mall looked like, but mm-hmm. I don't think that malls looked like this. I, don't, I also am a little biased because I do come from Paul Blart's mall. Um, yeah. So- that the mall that I grew up in is the Burlington Mall where Paul Blart Mall Cop was filmed. So I, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what regular malls look like because I come from the best mall. 
Um, yes, I, 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 um, it's, so you, you think of the mall looked, looked nice. Like this was a mall that you'd want to be in. Cause I was feeling like this looked like a, um, a, it was a very gr- like grim looking mall is how well, I felt. Let, let me rephrase that. The gate door had a weird front. Yes. Uh, open concept, rent. That's what I said about the game store. It's kind of just there. Yeah. The game's a little, a little gamey, right? The yeah. The game store. Yeah. yeah it, looks, it looks like that. So there's the Burlington Mall. That's the Paul Blart Mall. And then there's the Bill Rico Mall, which was um, a lot more like this, in which they like connected the back of a Kmart and a Puppagino's and called it a yeah. mall. Um, and yeah. That's, but- that's, I think, what we're seeing here. <laughs> it's more like an extended hallway with a couple of shops. Yes. Yes, that's that's how I feel, and that's the kind of mall that Corey would bring President Martinez to, um, yeah. and he does that. Uh, Corey goes into the middle of the mall. He whistles the uh, presidential like anthem, and President Martinez pops out from around the corner, uh, sporting just a mustache as his hidden uh, identity, and Corey is like, "Oh, like you got to be normal. Like you are just a regular guy." And that's when President Martinez starts to talk to strangers, um, including yelling "Was up at a passing couple. Uh, so, like, was Corey referencing that the beer commercial was up uh, phenomenon? That, that's the only thing that I can think of, Jill, is like, I, I don't understand where it comes from. Because um, Corey also then tells the president that regular guys don't say "Was up anymore, as if at one point they did. Uh, well, Rand, before he was you... made president, they used to say it all the time. Yeah. What? So two months ago, right? Three months ago? It hasn't been long. I, yeah, true. Just... He should be so unaccustomed. Mm-mm. Um, it, like, also... go ahead, Bryce. I, I, I was just gonna say it, it. So during this pandemic, like I haven't been going to the mall. Uh, since it's been more than three months since I've been to the mall, I wonder if when I go, I'm going to not be sure what to do and just start harassing strangers. I imagine uh, I, I wonder... was up to everyone. Yeah, because that's what regular guys at the mall do, right? If you're not sniffing uh, perfume within 10 minutes, I'll be shocked. <laughs> so I also want to um, bring up a point. When he gets there, when President Martinez gets there, he says, like, the mm-hmm. Secret Service doesn't know I'm here. So No, correct, yeah. Well, he Corey has stolen the president. Yeah. <laughs> Rand, what did you say? He'd get in trouble with the Secret Service if he asked to go to the mall. Right. Yeah. So this is another mm-hmm. national threat that Corey yes. is, is mm-hmm. behind. The president, they don't know where the president is. He has the president. Mm-hmm. Could easily murder him at this mall. Just saying. Yeah. It's like, uh, to your point, Jill, only at this point in time in, in the Coryverse, a singular human being knows the whereabouts of the president of the United States, and it's Cory Baxter. It's Cory Baxter. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, I guess that that, if anything, shows off the stakes of this episode, because, uh, of course, <laughs> that goes goes horribly wrong. Um so we take a break from the mall. We just kind of get an intro to the setting and that President Martinez is in a mustache. And so those two are going to get up to, to some some trouble there. Uh, and we go go to our B plot. Um, Mina and Sophie are dancing together um, at Sophie's school. We see the same uh, classroom teacher snapping along, um, dancing. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, I can only assume that everything here is offensive. Um, and, and it is, 
it is not great. Uh, the kids are all sitting around snapping, smiling. And um, yeah, I can't believe that the teacher is back, Ren. Like how many times must we see her? As many times as we need to get Sophie in that mm-hmm. classroom. It's, um, and I almost feel like the writers have clearly no clue what to do with Sophie because they keep on throwing her, to your point, into the classroom. Yeah. They're like, oh, let's give her some school problems, such as, uh, like, the whole bicycle party plot that didn't need to exist. Um, I don't know. And uh, the class also ends with the teacher saying class dismissed and the kids leave. So, yeah, it's, that's they're how young you enough. Get second graders out of a classroom. <laughs> just say, you're on your own, kids. Go out there to the big bad world. Yeah, I, I didn't get that, Jill. Um, and also, like, what other class are you going to, pals? Like, it's just a school mm-hmm. it's over. Because if so, then there there was no like thanks for a great day. There was no addressing the class other than yeah, just they, all right. They did their dance. Bye, kids. <sighs> this was also a show and tell situation, which, in my experience, oh yeah, is when you, you bring, bring an inanimate up, object. <laughs> um, Mina, as you know, is not an inanimate object. Mina and should I also went, be in school. Right. Yeah. I'm true true to that as well. And I wish this was like a day where they were like, I don't know, they they didn't talk about this as, it wasn't like a a cultural day or even like a bring your favorite person. It was a a bring your favorite inanimate object and tell us about Mm -hmm. it. And Uh, Sophie said, this this culture is now mine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And they brought up the yaks immediately as well. They did. Yeah. um, So favorite go-to joke. Yep. The, the teacher mispronounces Petushka, and that's when Mina says, oh, uh, it's actually, you know, it's, it's pronounced Petushka, and in Bahavia, it means a foolish shepherd who doesn't know a sheep from his yak. Yep. So they're just reminding us, Bahavia and yak, they go together very well. But and um, they, they tried to highlight the importance of pronouncing the words correctly, but they didn't need mm-hmm. to do the yak. The yak didn't no. No, um, and the way you're right, because even the way that Mina like addresses it, it is it is pretty pleasant. It's like, hey, like, I feel like thanks for saying it, but like this is how you say it. So like that interaction was was definitely a positive one, and um, it all goes downhill because the dance is over and Sophie's now doing an accent. Yeah. Um, and she claims to Mina that she's Bahavian, like Mina. Uh, um, I, I I do think that. If Sophie was any older, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Sophie is not the actress that plays Sophie is not white. And I don't. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that if, if yep. those two factors were different, it would be like a, a incredibly heinous thing to do. But I I think that, and I don't think that Corey in the house knows that they're doing this. But I think that they were kind of like addressing the this sort of like found family situation that that Sophie keeps being put in where she's not really a part like she doesn't have an identity within her family because her parents are never there and like she's trying to find all these different family members and now she's sort of like trying to be closer to Mina and she doesn't know how to handle it at all and that is why I think that's where this is rooted um I I love that take Mm. yeah Uh, Ren what do you what do you think of that I, I, Jill, I feel like you're touching upon something Bryce and I discussed a few weeks ago. 
but I can't mm-hmm. remember what episode it was. Um, well, it, we had talked about um, her. I'm trying to think about her not really like fitting in. I mean, we get in like we build this kitty on rock and roll. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, hey, I just want to be part of something because she's never really part of it. And then in the bicycle party episode, um, her whole story was about how her parents are absent, right? She yeah. wanted her dad to be there to teach her how to ride a bike. Um, and so she, like we said in the cold open, she really latches on to the idea of like, Mina's my sister. And so um, t- to your point, Jill, yeah, I-, I think that that's a great read is that this is the writers looking at her and saying, um, the reason why she cares so much about this culture is because it's something for her to to be. It's something for her to possibly be a part of, not realizing that it is not okay to, to do I, that. I think with her age too, like there might be this sort of angle where she is taking it literally of like, Mina is my sister now. And so to be her sister, I have to do all these things. It makes sense. She just told me we're sisters, like not understanding that it could be just like a figure of speech sort of. It's, it's, a yeah. strange, it's a strange leap to go from we're sisters to cultural appropriation, though. At true. Any age. True, true, true. I'm not saying this is appropriate. <laughs> no. <laughs> not saying this yeah, is appropriate, but, but I think there is an interesting aspect for, for me there about Sophie just not, mm-hmm. not having, like, having her own identity crisis at the huge expense of Mina. Yes. Um, well, because even um, like uh, for the resolution for the B plot scene, uh, like Sophie goes so far as to say, like I thought we were sisters, so I thought we needed to be from the same place. So it's like she, the two things are closely tied together in her head, but they they shouldn't be. And so she like yeah. she completely yeah. misses what the idea of being Mina's sister actually means, and that it is in every sense of of the word an expression, and not something to be taken literally yeah the, or the, even the like it also feels like the apex of making fun of bahavia as like a concept concept of foreign countries yeah that now sophie can just all of a sudden adopt it by uh taking doing an accent and then uh in the same scene uh after uh mina is like oh why are you doing an accent sophie's like i'm bahavian and then mina's like oh you're not bahavian um, and Sophie says, oh, in my country, Bahavia, we would call that a joke, which is like, just, uh, yeah. I no would bad. say that the audience is laughing with Sophie and at Mina. Uh, yes. That, and that's, oh, yes. yeah. And this is a live, that, like, this is a live audience. Is that? Yes, it is a live audience. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So the, the intention and. The writing here is definitely intended to do that, Ren. I agree to to make Mina, the, and the culture kind of the butt of the joke, rather than Sophie grossly misunderstanding what she's supposed to be doing. Um, so, um, Mina expresses that she's like offended, and then Sophie says, "I'll stop when you stop." Regarding the accent, which was just a major oof of a line. Um, Mina leaves, and then this random girl, who I think was honestly the star of the episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a weird ran- little exchange. Like, <laughs> we've never seen her before. She's apparently in Sophie's class, approaches Sophie after Mina's left, and says, uh, why are you doing that accent? And Sophie's like, oh, I'm from Bahavia. 
And this girl just goes, gives Sophie a little taste of reality. She's not your sister. And you're from Sacramento. Huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this kid? Uh, also, do you guys, rec- I recognized her from something else and I don't know. Yeah, the, the little girl that talks to her. I, I don't know who she is, but I totally recognize her from like other, when she's slightly older, she's in other things. Something. She, I, I said like, did this kid win a contest? Is she the writer's daughter? Like, I don't know where <laughs> she came from. If she just stumbled onto set, they threw the outfit on her and then said, hey, go give this girl, like go say to her what you would say if it was real life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I almost wonder, she, it almost feels like she's only in there to justify uh, later on, Sophie being like, oh, everyone's telling me I'm not Bahavian. And just to justify the use of the word everyone there, um, because that, that'll add up to two people total. But um, all right, we're, we're ready to move on from this scene, right? Uh, so we're back at the mall and Corey and the president are eating churros and they took some photos in the photo booth. Of course they did. Um, they approached the perfume uh, stand, like the stall, and Corey says, this is where I buy, I buy all the scents for my ladies. And then President gives him a look. He's like, my lady. And he's like, my mama. So we know uh, that Corey mails his mother perfume. Yeah, so that's what I'm wondering too, Ren. Is how does he buy the scents for his mama? So he, he's buying them. And then, as to your point, is he just mailing perfume to his mom? She can get perfume in England. They have that, right? better question is he mailing it in like the little perfume containers or does he like pour it out (laughs) so i like that neither of those options were does he just spray the letter and then send it Um, it was either national security (laughs) issue he's sending out envelopes that are soaking wet of perfume from the white house mailroom Um, well, yeah, what do you think when she, that arrives to her? Does she like it? I mean, it's the only reminder she has left of the family she left behind, so I imagine she hates it. <laughs> She's there. She has her new family. One of her uh, new, new kids goes to open up the mail. And is like, Mom, what is this soaking wet envelope? And she's embarrassed. She's like, ignore that. She's like, what, why does it say Mom. <sighs> um so then they uh they go over uh the president puts his churro down on the counter unwrapped i felt that was something that i needed to note because it was a little bit disturbing yep. and um he starts to sniff the perfumes just you know smelling them all well that's happening Corey receives a call from newt to uh say that rap ninjas 2 is in stock at a little gamey the aforementioned game store in the mall um, this is when I noted that it feels like an open concept mall because uh, Corey says he can see it and the storage seems to be like built in the corner of the, the cube of a mall. Um, Newt catches wind that Corey's there with someone because uh, Corey's like, oh, I'm kind of here with someone. And then Newt's like, but I'm your mall buddy. So Newt's jealous. And Corey walks away to go get in line at the store. He's like, President Martinez, like, I'll be right back. President Martinez uh, is sniffing away, so he's fine. And that's when Corey slips on what looks to be uh, a pile of melted jello. And um, it's not that, it's Stickler. It Did sure not expect to see like. him. 
Stickler the also villain. is shockingly so much older than I pictured in my head. Like I still had him a little bit older than he was in like Lizzie McGuire. Um, mm-hmm. Really shocking to see him. Super yeah. Lengthy. The hair. And then his all like pushed to the side. Yeah. His little outfit. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, really something else. So, Jill, what do you think of his uh, his little oil slick pen? So he had put a, a like some oil slick down on the ground to get to the game first, I guess. Uh, yeah. Do you think so this is a good invention? CIA gags, right? Which I remembered, but I was mm-hmm. like, when Corey slips on it, you're like, why on earth is there an oil spill? <laughs> I the thought the same thing. <laughs> yep. Like, same. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then he sucks it back up with the pen, which I wish wish I didn't have to watch that happen. Mm. (laughs) Um, Slurping sounds. Yeah, slurping sounds. I don't know. Again, super disturbing. Really fits. I think it worked well with his character, but it was really confusing that it was in the mall. And it feels impractical, too, because it it doesn't cover up a, a large amount of space. So he was betting that Corey specifically would yes. be running to the game store and would then slip on that like specific tile. It barely covers a tile. Um, if Corey had just looked down and maybe just gone around it, it would have been an absolute waste of Stickler's efforts. Yeah. Do we think it was maybe like a Toontown reference? Like this seems like gags that you would see in a cartoon and not anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just so random. Yeah. I mean, Stickler lives in the universe. Yeah, Stickler lives in this universe, so he knew that there was no scenario where Corey's going around an oil spill. Right, um, that's true. That Corey's going to go straight through because that's just <laughs> the kind of guy he is. Um, and Newt thinks that... Um, so Newt comes over because he sees that uh, Stickler and Corey are, are, are like, fighting. Uh, I'm really... I, I have so many questions. Like, Ren, why is it that Stickler... Like, why did Stickler specifically attack Corey to get a copy of this game? Why did Stickler not just get in line instead of setting up an oil spill? He is obsessed with Corey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no getting around it. Does Stickler want the game, or does he just not want Corey to have the game? He wants to punish Corey for being Corey. <laughs> does Corey deserve it? Sometimes. Do we think that Stickler yeah. actually, like, like... Corey's the anti-hero. He's our he's our main character. But but is Stickler really the actual hero of this series? I wonder if that could be a spinoff of of it from Stickler's <laughs> point of view. Just trying it's to defend just trying to defend everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stickler, so it's hard for me to see that, Jill, because I feel like he's usually the instigator. True. Um like Corey's schemes would sometimes work if it weren't for Stickler just like shredding up Corey's credit card or uh, suction cupping himself to the ceiling to steal all of Corey's clothes. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, in this scenario, I, I think it could be to your point, maybe Stickler sees that Corey's a menace and that his only way is to absolutely like take Corey down. But based on what we've seen, I don't know if that's really his motives. No, um, I, I don't. I don't think so either. But I think that there it would be like a there could be a, a world in which you know how Disney does like movies from the villain's point of view. Oh yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing where he's Corey like, in the house one and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so Ren, uh, I have a question for you here. Uh, when Corey and Stickler start physically fighting in the mall, uh, like what should have happened? Like th- this whole well, scene. I'm glad you brought that up because I, when Corey attacks him, it's weirdly aggressive, right? Yeah. Like, like it feels punches. a little bit real. <laughs> Was this uh, perhaps they had been fighting on set? And like it was a lunch break, and then uh, I believe his name is Matthew, the actor who plays Stickler. Yeah. Um, so Matthew and then uh, Kyle had been at odds with each other, and then just went into a fight and just started fighting on set. And the cameras were rolling, and they were like, "Oh, this is good. That must we should include this." Um, <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. Like, they, I just don't understand the setup for why Stickler's involved here. And it's not something I'm willing to just accept like I normally am. I, I'm really confused about why he's yep. here. They don't even keep um, the episode. They don't. They literally, he is, he exists just to cut, like to get Koi into the mess. And then that's it. It's not like Stickler is here to get Mina. It's not like he's here to get the, even the, the video game. It makes no sense. Um, but so... Uh, Newt comes over, sees Corey, thinks uh, Stickler is his mall buddy, and then Corey's like, Newt, go get in line, get a copy of the game. Um, that's when Stickler pulls out the uh, memory loss spray to erase Corey's memory, which again, I don't understand the motives, and we've already discussed that that there's probably no pattern. Um, New, uh, sorry, Stickler wants to erase Corey's memory so he doesn't get the video game. And then uh, he sprays it around. It actually gets Newt. And Newt is in line. He gets handed the game. And he's like, oh, Rap Ninjas too. I wouldn't want this. Gives it back to the employee. The employee gives it to a grandma. The grandma says, in your face. And runs away. Um, Games are sold out. And Stickler still wants to erase Corey's memory. This scene is so sloppy. It is. It, it, it lasts forever. And then the this, uh, memory spray ends up getting rolled over to the president who's smelling perfumes. He picks it up, smells it, uh, and then loses his memory. Jeez, what an exhausting scene. Um, okay. And then meanwhile, we now meet uh, Bert who is a lookalike of the president in a mustache. He yells at three girls who are sitting on a bench and tells them to scram. Uh, Jill, what does Bert look like compared to the president? Um, like he works at an Italian car wash. <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. <laughs> and he does Pretty much. those young girls to get out mm-hmm. of his bench in the mall. Yeah. Uh, hey, I've been serving cheese all day, you jamokes. He's got the collar popped. Yeah, he's got the accent, which I don't know what to categorize that accent as. Yeah, I, I said Brooklyn, but I don't even know if that's fair for Brooklyn. So I think it's a, an know. interesting parallel to Sophie's accent that that being yeah. and then we have this also made up, but like like a, a weird white guy accent and they're mm-hmm. I don't know I wonder if the writers thought anything of that they they didn't they don't do yeah. that here Jill I know uh, I'm so sorry he, I gave them too much credit you did 
<laughs> He's also sporting a mustache, which looks identical to the one that the president is wearing as a disguise. Yes. Uh, and so Corey comes over uh, back to the perfume cart. He's questionably wrestled Stickler away. I don't know why he's able to step away for a few moments. Maybe Stickler and him said, let's take five and then we'll reconvene in a second. Um, but Corey walks over, um, finds uh, a man facing away, taps his shoulder. It is not the president. And Corey saves it by saying, are you the, so he taps his shoulder. He's like, hey, the, are you the president? And he turns around. He's like, oh, of the mall. I was looking for the president of the mall. He was going to give me a discount. Um does, do malls have presidents? They have kings, I thought. Yeah, it's a monarchy. <laughs> mall king. <laughs> Paul Blart, mall king. <laughs> king of the mall. He can dish out discounts as much as he wants. Um, so then Stickler comes over. Uh, Corey had just found the can of memory lost spray, realizes that it was left there. Corey realizes that the president is now lost in the mall after using the memory spray. And... Uh, Stickler is like, there's no way that you brought the president to the mall. And that's when Corey shows proof, which is a t-shirt sporting Corey and the president's face on it. Um, who, when would the president wear that? What time of day? It, it was for Corey, Bryce. It was for Corey. Corey. Like a Corey. gift? Um, Jill, do you think Corey's going to wear this to school? Where does, where does he wear this t-shirt? I'm imagining that they... On the cutting room floor is a is a mall montage where Corey and the president are doing regular uh-huh. guy mall things where they're like in a photo booth. They get the churro. They're like walking by the mannequins. President Martinez tries on some hats. Like I, you know, pre pretends to be a mannequin. Um, I, I think <laughs> that, that they had they must have had to cut that out, and then this shirt just gets thrown in there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the heart, the heart evidence. Yeah, I think that Corey probably wears it underneath all his clothes every day. Yes, that makes so much sense to me as as to the rhyme and reason here. Because um, then the show does love their montages as well. So then um, the president uh, finds himself. So he's like wandering around the mall. Uh, Becky comes over to him. Becky is the manager of a place called Cheese in a Cup. And he brings the president, uh, she brings the president back to said place called Cheese in a Cup and says that it's very busy. You got a, no breaks today. Uh, so let's go. Find it interesting that she's able to just take away his break as if it isn't uh, mandated by the law. But, you know, Becky manages how she does. And, um, you know, he finds out at Cheese in a Cup that he is the manager of Cheese in a Cup, uh, the, the assistant manager of Cheese in a Cup. So he does a little President of the United States bit but says the assistant manager of cheese in a cup, um, he is confused. So Becky has confused the president for Bert. Um, and the president now finds himself working behind a counter at cheese in a cup. And that's when Corey and Stickler find Bert and they tell him he needs to go to the white house. And Corey's reasoning for why Bert needs to go to the white house is uh, because my dad is the chef there. That's it. That's all uh, you need to know. Yep, don't ask any questions. My dad's the chef at the White House. Let's go. Um, and uh, so Corey and Stickler successfully convince him to go back to the White House. Uh, is this kidnapping? It isn't, right? Because he and knows where he's going. Agreed to go with these children. Yes. Uh, the children said, hey, come to the White House. My dad's a chef there. And Bert 
this grown man said, yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, I also he, wonder, uh, like, are they walking there? Uh, does Corey push yeah. the vehicle? Does Corey get <laughs> the vehicle with Bert? Mm-hmm. Like, and, but it must not be that way because he would notice that this is not. Did they take public transportation? Did, Perhaps with Bert, with, with with the president of the United States, who they think is the president of the United States, and like to Ren's point, he's a grown man. Why does he not ever say, "I'm not the president"? He's into this. Is he though? Because I, I think they still think that he won't know because they think he has still forgotten his memories. So I so yes, but him to resist, and they're saying, "We know you're res- you might resist this." but you have to come with us. We know you might resist this, uh, stranger. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you gotta come. <laughs> so that's when um, their next scene, they bring him back to the White House kitchen. And um, Victor is like, oh, what are you doing? And Stickler, well, so they come in and Stickler's like, hey, we're in this together. And then that's when Victor's like, what are, what are you guys doing? And then Stickler's like, oh, you're on your own, Corey, and leaves. Corey lets out a dang. And that's the last we see of Stickler in this episode. I hate that he was in this episode. Um, Victor now asks Bert, um, again, recapping the stranger who was brought back to the White House by Corey, um, if he got his hair cut. And Bert says that that's none of, none of your business because Victor believes that it is the president. Uh, and then we hear the first lady coming and this is just setting up for disaster. Um, she comes in, um, and she, they, they do their little yum, yum, yum thing. Uh, he calls, uh, she calls him chicken wing and then he calls her turkey neck. Yep. Is that an, is that an insult? It is an insult. 100%. But she doesn't think anything otherwise because they normally call each other weird meat names, right? That's right. Um, and the relationship between the president and the first lady, I don't think has ever moved past meeting in the meat aisle. I expect that the extent of their conversation is meat-related puns, and that's it. Um, Corey tries to take the, uh, uh, let's see, he tries to take it off the mustache, and he realizes he took someone from the mall. Yeah, so Corey tries to take the mustache off and realizes that it's indeed Bert. And not the president, which Corey thinks it is. And um, that's when uh, and the first lady also asks, like, oh, where'd the mustache come from? And he's like, it, it grew from my skin. And Corey then says, first lady, no, as they go into a kiss. I think they kiss. They, they do, do kiss. kiss. They do kiss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the president was which... coupled in his own kitchen. <laughs> A lot of topics being covered in this Corey episode. Yeah. Um, She's like, you're not Richard. His response to it says, and I, three times I went back and rewinded and watched this to make sure I'm not missing anything. He says, you're not my daughter, but I ain't complaining. What? No, no, Madonna. Madonna. Oh, thank you, Jill. The captions didn't show it, but that's that's all I can hear. Yeah. Okay, we're good. (laughs) Grace is averted. (laughs) You. 
I was like, Bert, what? Like, I know Koi in the House has some absurd things, but I was like, what? Um, Okay, we're good here. We're good. You're not Madonna, but I ain't complaining. Okay, that makes so much um, more sense in the context of of Bert. Uh, Corey says uh, that this is all an anniversary joke and it didn't land. So Corey's going to bring this joke back and get a new one. So he brings the stranger back to the mall. Um, Awful. Uh, so if he you were the so stranger far... who just brought into the White House, would you have yeah. left that fight? <laughs> he did no. also kiss the first lady with no repercussion. That's right. So... Can you imagine? Like he's gonna have the wildest story with his buddies that night. They're, he's gonna be like, come home after a long uh, second half of his shift at Cheese in a Cup, and they're gonna be like, how was your day? He's gonna be like, oh, it was nothing special. I got a. Uh, you know, was on my break, and then a kid came, took me, uh, said his dad was the chef at the White House, and so I went with him to the White House, and I went into the kitchen. The first lady came, uh, I kissed her on the mouth and called her a turkey neck, uh, and then uh, that was it, and then I went back to the mall. Like, his daughter who is this man? <laughs> I'm so happy that I heard that incorrectly. <laughs> me too, um, Bryce. <laughs> So happy. All right. So um, scene eight. So we're, our B plot is finished up here. And let's let's kind of quickly wrap this one up because we, we did talk it to death in the first yeah. scene. Um, so Sophie is dancing in her room alone. Uh, she's also doing the accent alone. I thought that was interesting. She's by herself and still committing to that. And then um, Sophie uh, has uh, the her secret service friends bring Nina into her room. So uh, they're literally carrying her. And I believe uh, that this is possibly the, the third case of abduction that we've seen in this episode. Yep. In yeah, yeah, I wrote that down. A lot of kidnapping in this episode. <laughs> People be in places that they're not supposed to be um, or don't want to be. And in this case, Mina is dragged out of her house. She's literally still wearing a bath towel. Yeah, she just um, been taking a shower, presumably. Yeah, as the Secret Service came in and took them. If you are uh, Ambassador uh, Poom Poom, her dad, um, and you hear this, and like you, you see the Secret Service come in, take your daughter. Like, what are you thinking? This. Keep in mind, this is the Secret Service on the orders of the President's eight-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Like yes. this is the only time the peace treaty they signed. <laughs> this is also the only time we see the Secret Service, so they're not there to protect the president. They don't help the first lady when she's assaulted in her kitchen, but they do steal <laughs> teenage girls and and bring them to the White House on command of the eight year old daughter. Yeah, that's uh, that's what they get paid just to, to be, do. Jill, just to be clear, apparently. yes, uh, that that is all that they are doing. So, um, Mina tells. Uh, Sophie, again, so this is her straight talk here, that she is not Bahavian. You are not my sister. You are not Bahavian. And I'm happy that you love Bahavia as much as I do, maybe more than than me. But this is not who you are. And Sophie explains that, well, you said we were sisters, and that means that we should both be from the same place. Mina's like, nah, dude. Nah. Um, Please stop. This is... uh, borderline is definitely 100% offensive. Um, And so it's an easy resolution. Sophie apologizes. uh, And then uh, 
Mina's like, we can still see each other. And I'm glad that, you, that we want to see each other. Um, Sophie's like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm sorry I had you kidnapped. Mina leaves and says, I'll come by next week. We can have some girl time. As soon as she walks out, Sophie demands the Secret Service bring Mina back in. And Mina comes back, uh, held by the Secret Service. And Sophie's like, um, next week? And Mina's like, tomorrow. And Sophie's like, all right, you can go now. So she leaves. And Sophie turns on the music uh, from Bahavia and continues doing the Bahavian dance. Did Sir Sophie learn a single thing? No, she's just not going to do the accent anymore. Yep, she dropped it. Uh, Jill, do you think Sophie learned anything? I don't know. I think that, I think what I'm excited for is I hope that her relationship with Mina is able to repair and grow from this because I do mm-hmm. think they could be good allies for each other since they're both tossed aside by everybody else in the cast. Um, but mm-hmm. did she learn anything from this? Probably not. Probably not yet. No. Um, I also just wanted to say, so in this in this scene, Mina's accent, I thought was was like sometimes falling off in parts of this. Yeah, and Mina's so accent was, does that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I had it. Yeah. Oh, so I, I did some quick research um, and I, are you guys familiar with the short um, where Christy Carlson Romano from Even Steven invites people from this era of Disney Channel to bake cookies with her? No. Okay, so no. she has a YouTube, nope. a YouTube like short called uh, Dishes, I don't know what it's called, but this there's an episode with the actress who plays Mina um, and they talk about Corey in the house and they bake cream puffs. It's called Christie's Kitchen Throwback. Um, and the uh, actress, Mina, Mar- Mariah Walsh is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I skipped to a random part of the video and uh, Christy Carlson Romano refers to her as, she says, you are so international to this. <laughs> and then the actress says, yeah. Um, oh, because she talks about how she wants to, she's making music currently and she makes music in Portuguese and she's so excited to do that. And then Christy Carlson Romano says, you are so international. And she oh says, my yeah, my God. dad is Brazilian and my mom is American. Um, and so that was the two seconds <laughs> I watched, but poor Mariah Walsh. <laughs> Seriously, Cass finally gets her big break in a Disney Channel show. And they're like, yeah, you can show up, but you're going to be the butt of every joke. Um, we're yeah. going to make up a culture for you. Uh, make sure that that culture is the butt of every joke as well. And then uh, we'll also make you do an accent. Yep. Um, and this was filmed, this, where I, where Christy calls Romano, <laughs> calls her international, was was uh, premiered on February 6th, 2020. Yeah, of course, of course it did, Joe. Yep. <laughs> uh, these people, someone's going to learn. I'm going to learn them. Um, all right. So that's our B plot in this episode. Uh, just overall poorly handled, poorly written. And um, yeah, so Jill, I, I would definitely say that this is our, our worst beat plot that we've seen. Um, and, I mean, yeah, actually, uh, for sure. Just because of the, the straight up offensiveness yeah. of it. Yes. Um, I was going to say that the bird calling, um, but that was, that, uh, that was harmless, at least. Yeah. Um, this was was in very many ways harmful. So um all right, and now we get our conclusion to the A-plot in which uh, we go back to the president at the mall. So real President Martinez at the mall. 
uh, does not realize he's the president yet. He is at Cheese in a Cup, uh, where we aim to cheese, is their catchphrase. Newt has found himself in line for Cheese in a Cup. Even though he has his memory erased, he stumbled into the line. <laughs> and he gets to the front of the line. Uh, he gets asked what he wants. He says, I don't know if I like cheese, but it's got to taste good in a cup, right? And yeah. um, this this cheese in a cup is actually why I remembered the episode. I really? distinctly remembered cheese in a cup um, because for whatever reason, uh, like in most cases, fictional foods um, tend to stay with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially when I was younger, because I just like thought everything sounded so good and looked yeah. so good, which is ironic because I don't eat anything. Um but yeah, I remember cheese in a cup. And so that's when Newt remembers who he is, that he plays guitar and that he's a big disappointment to his parents um, and that he likes chunky cheddar. We can't meet Newt's parents at this point without being without it being intensely uncomfortable. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because he, he mentions at every opportunity that his parents do not like him. Um, and then that's when the president goes to fill the cheese cup and he says, uh, I am the assistant manager of the United States. And that's, he, everything comes back to him. He says, he starts shouting, where's the perfume cart? Where is Corey? Um, the public is now looking on. Uh, Becky tries to defend it, not knowing that he is the president and says that perhaps the employee has inhaled too many fumes called cheese brain. Um, and he says, I'm the president. And Becky begins chasing him. He jumps over the counter. Yeah, why does he reveal forms? Don't know. Don't know. He easily could have just walked out of that situation and been fine. So this destroys his approval rating, right? Because we have people taking photos, videotaping him. Even if, like, fake president comes back, this was still clearly the president of the United States being chased in a mall and being mobbed. Yeah. For me, it showed that there were people who... I guess I don't know if they like or hate him, but they certainly cared. I, I was sort of thinking that the general mm-hmm. public didn't care about him. But it's I guess like a local celebrity. A celebrity at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he could have spun this to be like, I'm, I'm doing an undercover boss situation. I'm trying to learn with the working man. Mm-hmm. But no, he just runs. So I actually I had that exact same note, Jill. I said that uh, had he spun it, which he had every opportunity to, to say, oh, like, I wanted to see what the working class American deals with on a daily basis. I wanted to put myself behind the counter and see. Um, that would have been fine. That would have been something that I had not something that the president would do or really should do, but at least uh, could be positive. Instead, he's screaming, where's Corey? Uh, <laughs> uh, he jumps over the counter, he gets mobbed. Uh, as people are taking video and pictures of him, to your point, Ren, he screams, Newt, I'm freaking out here. Cover me. <laughs> that would have been it. <laughs> um, Newt has a plan. His plan is to scream, everyone, follow me. And no one follows him. And that is the last we see of Newt in this episode. <laughs> I think it was a great plan. And I love that he committed to it and he just kept going. He never looked back. So- Yes, yeah, some say he's still running to this day. Just bolting. <laughs> um, Corey is now back at the mall. He has Bert. Uh, he sends Bert into uh, Fast Shave Dave's to get a Fast Shave to 
have his mustache uh, shaved off so he can now serve as a decoy so he can swap places with the real president. Uh, the mob chases the president and um, Bert comes out. 19 years I had that stash. And um, he meets the president. Bert and the president meet. And uh, they swap places. Corey's like, oh, go get the president. The mob chases. And I now wonder if Becky is going to have trauma. Like, is she going to ever fully realize who Bert is or isn't? She can't trust again after this. There's no way. Did no. she become well, we'll, franchise we'll ruined? We'll see in the next next time we see her. Yeah, she, imagine she's like really famous because she ran into the president. She served cheese with the president. Um, on the way out, the president stops the perfume cart. He's like, oh, I smell the smell of love, which happens to be the perfume that he was looking for. Uh, the old woman from earlier, from the, uh, the game store, uh, is there. He smells it, and he goes, come to me. And then the same woman uh, smacks him in the face, and he blacks out. So do you think she was sent to prison for assaulting the president? <laughs> um... I would think so. I would think that she is not roaming the streets freely. If Corey and the After House this. were a smarter show, this would be how the president would get Rap Ninjas 2 for Corey to give to him for helping him find the perfume. Yep, genius. Hits him, and then that's when uh, Secret yeah. Service run that's in, when, like, take her Secret away. Service comes in. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves her purse, and the president sees Rap Ninja's two sticking out of it, and then he hands it to Corey. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, all right, and then our final scene with the credits. Uh, that's right. Uh, the the whole episode, which dragged and dragged, wraps up in this single scene um, with the credits I rolling. I can't believe the, they saved the plot to be resolved in the credits. <laughs> Um, the first lady says, chicken liver, you remembered. Uh, he says, of course I did hamburgy, which is, I think, my least favorite of the meat nicknames that they used. I agree. Uh, they kiss. They say, yum, yum, yum. Uh, I should take some responsibility for what happened, Corey says, as the president's sitting there with a steak, a cold steak against his eye because he now is a black eye. Everyone says, some? And Corey's like, okay, a lot. And that's it. That's our episode. Oh my gosh. Um, so much happened in this episode. This one felt long. Oh my gosh. It felt so long. Um, and it wasn't even that exciting. No. It wasn't that fun and the jokes weren't worth it. It wasn't funny. Um, I think that I l- liked this episode... Uh, less and less the more we talked about it yeah i agree yeah the the deeper we dove into it the like the things i thought i liked about it ended up being mm-hmm. annoyances why the heck was stickler there that was probably why my was he involved in this episode because i actually thought pairing up Corey and stickler for like a team would have mm-hmm. made an interesting dynamic that they haven't really done before in earnest a hundred percent. I literally was like writing the note. I was like, oh my gosh, I actually love Stickler and Corey so we're th- working together. Oh, and it's over. And they, they throw it away for a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And he's yeah, gone. That would have made way more sense as the, a direction to go in an, an episode. But they wanted to There's... do like a, a princess switch situation. I think mm-hmm. I think I, I realize what I dislike about this episode. We basically have the What's president that? as two different characters. Mm-hmm. And he's the worst yeah. character. So it's just President Martinez overload. And one of them is just a horrible caricature of a character. And the other one's the new guy. So it's just a mess. <laughs> That was good. It's a good setup, Red. Well executed. The the swap there in the end. Uh, As Dennis um, what a reversal. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, I I agree. Too much of him made me sad. Um, I would say. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't want to speak for everyone. That was definitely my thorn. If we want to jump into the the rosebud thorn piece, um, for my sure thorn. my thorn. That was not your thorn? No. Yeah, no. T- for me, it was definitely um, too much President Martinez and it never paying off. Mm-hmm. It was it was rough. Ren, what was your thorn? Sophie's racism. Yeah. I, I yeah, that's a really good one. Just by the end, it was actually irritating me. And I'm not someone who gets annoyed by television or media mm-hmm. very easily. But just the way that Sophie was playing it off, the fact that... Mm-hmm the joke was at Bahavia expense, at Bahavia's expense, at Mina's expense. The fact mm-hmm. that in the end, Mina doesn't force Sophie to confront. Like, I get it. It's Corey in the house. It's a Disney channel show from like the mid two thousands. They weren't going to actually address racism in a meaningful way. No, but why even bother having I was gonna say, but a plot why line like this in a genre mm-hmm. like sitcoms t- tackle this subject, like family matters. has episodes like they this do. fresh princess episodes like this. I'm sure like, we could probably find, I, I don't want to say I'm sure we could find something for That's So Raven, but I feel like it, it it's earlier enough in the, in the 2000s where like mm-hmm. it came from the same time where Proud Family tackled stuff I, like this. I think they do actually yeah. have one. There is. She's shopping. There is. And, and the pers- there's a white woman who like follows her around the store oh. and it's, it's recorded mm-hmm. on there like, like we don't allow black people in here or something or like we don't we're always watching out for the black people something well, that, like that. that just makes this yeah, it worse because it shows that they had mm-hmm. some like understanding of how to tackle race in a tactful manner mm-hmm. in a tv show to comment on it yeah, yeah. The, the the line that for sure just to me shows that they had zero care in the world about the the delicate topic that they were handling is uh when Mina tells Sophie to stop with the accent and Sophie tells Mina, I'll stop when you stop. And the audience laughs. It's just outright, it's cold, it's rude, and it's uh, It's just insulting. Yeah. It's just Corey in the house showing a complete lack of respect for anyone who, you know, can can be deemed what they consider foreign, which... You know, they it's a it's a funny thing for Corey in the house. It's all a joke. Yeah. I think you guys Jill, what was your th- oh, I was go, go ahead. Say, I think you guys have, have said this before. The fact that Bahavia is fake, like is a made up place, shows that they know if they did this about any real country, that they know it's offensive. So they had mm-hmm. to make it so that they were like, see, it's not offensive. It's not against any person, but now it's sort of against like any like at all <laughs> like all people that yeah. are putting in this category mm-hmm. of like it's funny that's about a joke because it's it's foreign it's not western it's not mm-hmm. what you 
to be used to. So therefore we have to laugh at it. And the the like constant themes of like patriotism that run throughout the show and like the fact that it's in the White House and the, the sense of like this is Amer- like this is American, this isn't American. Um it is just such an overarching theme to it. And it feels like it's constantly reminding us that Mina is, but also isn't like the show's ideals of American. Uh, so yeah, it's, yeah. I was thinking um, about that earlier, Bryce, like why was the setting of the White House chosen? Like they could have had Victor <laughs> move to like Hawaii or like they could have had him move to a lot of different places, but I sort of do think that they had him move to the White House so that they could bring patriotism back to, you know, sitcom to reach the children. Mm-hmm. About Corey in the house is propaganda. Yeah, I think it's propaganda, and that's why they just move to somewhere that could actually. I don't know. I think like you touch upon a lot of like why is this picked as the setting? They don't use it, but I think that I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ren. Any any thoughts on that? I think I agree. I can very easily see Corey in the house being <laughs> developed as Disney Channel propaganda to build some mm-hmm. patriotism in kids. That doesn't seem, you know, out of the stretch of reality for the House of Mouse. <laughs> yep. And because the, the constant emphasis of like how important the the role of the president is, the, mm-hmm. the presidency, um, and highlighting that he is someone who is instantly beloved uh, no matter what he does mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, I buy it, Jill. It's a very hard that for sure. portrayal. Mm-hmm. very damaging um so jill what was your uh did you have a thorn for this episode or does it fall in line with this conversation or is it something something else that kind of stuck out um i mean definitely this conversation but also mm-hmm. i guess just that the the middle of this story took a hundred years um if we're just thinking logistically yeah. about the structure of this of this script like and mm-hmm. then everything was rushed at the end and i I, I don't know like I watched this on on Apple TV but the like the this coming up next like came up and covered the screen while Corey was like <laughs> was was finishing was tying all the strings together and I was like wait the episode is is over now like why are they uh-huh. now just connecting the dots here um, like why I think the middle why it dragged so much is why bring him back to the White House why not just contain it all in the mall have yep. Corey realize at the mall that he is not the president. And then yep. maybe him and Stickler work with Bert to retrace his steps or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but they needed the, the reason they brought her, I know the answer. They brought him back so he could kiss the first lady and have that be like a funny yeah. thing, but it, it, instead it, it wasn't. So, um, all right. Uh, any bud, uh, Jill, anything that you would like to see more of that this episode presented? Um, I do hope to see more and more Mina and Sophie, but obviously very different. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that, that that duo could be something positive. Yeah. If, if, uh, if Ren, Sophie what about hasn't you? burnt the bridge oh, enough. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to Go see ahead, a proper right. Stickler team up. I wanted, I wanted to see that happen. I'm really annoyed that it was teased and taken away, but I thought that actually had potential to be an interesting, 
like story for the show. Just going by the yeah, dynamic you... of the two characters would naturally have working together instead could of working mean... together. Corey's schemes combined with Stickler's technology. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. Genius. Genius. They would make everyone in DC that much more unhappy if they just paired up. Um, yeah, and like even because when we last saw them, um, not when we last saw them together, but like the times that we've seen them really together, like when they were both at the restaurant fighting over Mina, like, and then they ended up sitting together and having dinner together. I kind of wanted to see more of that conversation. So like their friendship, or not friendship, but like their relationship is an interesting dynamic, Ren. Um, my bud, something I would want to see more of. Um, hmm. I think that it would probably be the, um, I don't know, really nothing. This episode was rough. Um, all right. What about with uh, the the first lady? I'll put that there. Mm-hmm. I'd see more of her. She was kind of a one-off joke here, but I'd see more of her. Just to know what else she has to say. Um, Rosebud and then Thorn. Uh, we did Thorn, Rose, <laughs> working backwards. Uh, Jill, best part of the episode? Um, I love the names of the stores uh, in the mall. Mm-hmm. We had um, a little gamey. And then I don't know why, but Fast Shave Dave like mm-hmm. really the way that they whatever however they 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 did that line they were like i really need a fast shave and they were like well why don't we go to fast shave dave's i just thought that was shave dave's um he's right there yeah and it's uh in that scene you see the text first you see fast shave dave's is behind them yes. and so that alone i thought was funny and then the fact that it was actually used was good uh red best part of the episode best uh <laughs> That's being relative here. I yeah. I liked the concept of the memory loss spray. I, I don't okay. think that was handled well. I think it was paced horribly. But I mm-hmm. think you could have done a good episode with Newt and the president losing their memories in a mall together. <laughs> it didn't happen, but the potential was there. So I'll say <laughs> the memory loss spray as a concept I liked. The <laughs> Uh, for me the best part was seeing cheese in a cup Um, that's a place that I have so many questions about I did I paused and looked at the menu and I wanted to see a little bit more about what was on there Um, like they had toppings so you could do little mix-ins we heard chunky cheddar was a flavor that's not something that I'm interested in but I would like some smooth cheddar maybe so uh, I'm interested in uh, cheese in a cup and that was sadly uh, my my peak for the episode is that concept. So, and we talked uh, about the president's approval rating already last week. We gave him a twenty percent. He is uh, in this episode seen publicly in the mall. Likely, a lot of pictures and videos are up there. Stories about him screaming for Corey. Uh, what do we think? Ten. ten. Wow, the full ten. He did not compose himself well. I agree. I just struggle though. Like, at what point does it ever go up, Ren? I don't think it will. I think we're gonna hit the negatives. Like, 
so if we okay are we comfortable with that if we hit zero it's possible we can just keep going down i don't want to just sit at zero forever because i don't see things getting better for him i want to keep going down Mm -hmm. i want to see how low he goes do you feel like that's appropriate to go go down this week to to below zero uh you said 10 i'm comfortable with 10 i'm comfortable with 10 yeah, and I, I think that eventually you're going to have to go below zero, and I think that that is fine. Yeah. Sub-zero we'll approval uh... rating. Mm-hmm. President Martinez. All right. That's, uh... Oh, we have to do the, the full-on rating. And I have to read our end-of-night reviews. Oh, my God. Ren, <laughs> what's your full-on rating? Three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Uh, I'm... I am going to go with a 2.5. It stinks. Like, I thought it was such a fun concept. I was like, we're going to the mall. This is going to be so good. And you and had, it, like, a childhood no connection to it. I did. And it was a bad episode of any show, let alone Corey in the house. So I'm, I'm giving it a 2.5. I was very unimpressed with it. Jill, what would you rate it? A scale of 1 to 10. I would agree with Ren's 3. Yeah. Yeah, like a solid three. I think this is our overall right. rated episode so far. Uh, right? It might either this or I think Kitty on Rock and Roll. I don't have my sheet updated, so that's something that I'm planning to do this week is go through and, and update those totals. Okay. But it's definitely low. Mm-hmm. Is for sure on the lower scale. Usually we're more in the middle of like four to six. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, Ren. Uh, let's read read some reviews, and right. then uh, we will we'll wrap it up. So, we have two reviews tonight from uh, TV.com. The first that I'll read was written by VG Freak Eight on a uh, December nineteenth, two thousand seven. He gave the episode a seven. His title for the review is "Okay." Dot dot dot. <clears throat> The president wants to get a gift for his wife. He can't go out in public without people recognizing him. Corey disguises him and goes to the mall with him where he sees a new video game out. He leaves the president and the president gets his hands on a memory wiper spray. He gets confused with another guy who looks like him and ends up working at a cheese place. Sophie wants to be just like Mina. She acts Bahavian and goes everywhere Mina goes. She also gets on Mina's nerves. This was an okay episode. I didn't like it too much, but it wasn't horrible. I give this episode a seven. Did you say it wasn't Haribo? Was it, it a typo? Hor- it wasn't Haribo. <laughs> Review number two. I think it was pretty Haribo. This is by Danielle F. from April 27th, 2007. They wrote, this is a really funny episode. It isn't like any of the other ones. It's different. 9.7. Whoa. This episode is very good. To start, the president needs to buy his wife a gift for their anniversary. He wants to buy her the same perfume that day they met at the meat aisle at the supermarket. No. Corey tells him that he will go to the mall with him to make sure that no one knows that the president is there. He puts on a disguise. Whilst at the mall, Corey gets a call from Newt saying that a new video game of which they both want is going on sale at the mall and tells Corey to get in line. Corey leaves the president at a perfume stall to try and find the perfume for his wife whilst Corey waits in line. But before he gets in line, he bumps into Jason Stickler with his memory loss spray. He tells Corey that he will spray it on him to make him forget everything, but it actually sprayed on Newt, who then forgets who he is. 
the can of memory loss spray ends up getting kicked over to the president who sprays it thinking it's perfume. So he also forgets who he is. Then a woman comes over to him and calls him Bert and puts on a work bib and tells him to go back to work at a food lace call cheese in a cup. Just as he is going to get away, the real Bert appears. Corey goes over to him thinking that he is the president and takes him back to the White House. During this time, Newt is in line at Cheese in a Cup and then his memory comes back as is the president. People in the mall start to chase the president. Back at the White House, the president's wife knows that it isn't her husband, so Corey takes him back to the mall. Bert and the president switch places. <laughs> They're about to go home when the president smells the perfume to get his wife. Then they leave. Also, in the episode, the two girls, Mina and Sophie, get together to dance and Sophie keeps trying to be like Mina. This is one of the best episode must watch. <laughs> Hard disagree. Whoa. <laughs> Um, that was really good. I, uh, I think it's interesting timeline wise that they kind of, uh, they assumed that the events of Newt and the president, uh, coming to reality happened at the same time as Bert being, uh, in the white house. So it's an interesting take on the timeline. <laughs> I would not give it a 9.7 though. Definitely not. I also don't think it's one of the best. There was no boomer moment. Nothing that I really wanted uh anyone anyone else have anything to say ren any other thoughts jill any other thoughts on this slog of an episode i feel done yeah I, we, I, I believe that this is by this <laughs> yeah i believe this is for sure our longest podcast uh definitely yet. and it's it's good because i think that we had so much good conversation about uh definitely. Um, like deeper complexities within it because there was so much that was problematic and um we were able to address that Mm -hmm. but also the plot was so bad so um so to those those who made it this far uh thank you uh next week we will be watching get smarter and ren do you know who the director is for this episode are you are you asking me like a trick or are you asking me if i know so i can tell you no i'm asking you like a, a not like a trick but just seeing if you had happened to, to come across it at one point it's uh rondell uh, sheridan i'm amped victor's directing next victor week. is directing yeah That's yes amazing. he is uh so we'll, we'll be watching that i'm sure that he has learned a lot from his time on the sets of that's a raven and cory in the house so well, he directed three this episodes is... of that's so raven oh so that that's even better he put out his episodes already and I expect for this to be very funny because he is one of the few highlights of the show. Yeah, consistently. Um, yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be watching that. Um, and so I also wanted to say thank you, Jill, for coming on and discussing Mall of Confusion with us. Thank you both uh, and so much for inviting me. This is a dream. It was fun having and you, you on, Jill. Thanks, Ren. And you, uh, you aced that quiz, kind of. Oh my gosh, uh, that feels like days did ago. very well. <laughs> Oh, yes, it does. I feel like I am stuck in the mall of confusion right now. Uh, for sure. So, um, so yeah. So, thank you. And to those who are listening, thank you for listening. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, find us on Twitter. And uh, otherwise, uh, thank you. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bryce and Randy, mine's my electric guitar.